This is my instant reaction for Glass Onion. If this is your first time listening to uh, this podcast, thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, our instant reactions are uh, a little, I don't want to call them slapdash, but they are an instant reaction. I go to a movie as early as I can. I see it. I get out. And I go to a microphone and I talk about it and I formulate my thoughts in real time of what I thought about the movie. I normally divide it into a non-spoiler or light spoiler section. I typically try to give a fair warning ahead of time what territory I'm going to verge into. And then there's a breaking point and I go into full-blown spoilers. Now, I usually say I'm going to try to keep this brief, but certain people on the internet who know who they are, who are probably listening, last time I said it, they slid into my DMs and said, Oh, I'm going to keep it brief. Huh? <laughs> Looks at time, 45 minutes. So I'm going to do my best. I am a man who is being torn apart like Natalie and Brulia because I have a select group of this audience of binge lords. Those are loyal listeners who are like, we want you to give the spoilers. Spoilers don't bother me. I want to hear all the spoilers. I want to know all the ins and outs. I like to hear you describe the movie. That's a significant portion of the population. Then we have all the other folks who just happen to find us out there on the internet somewhere, and they want to keep it brief. So what do I do? What do I do, listener? If you don't listen to us, normally we have uh, seasons. We have about four seasons per year. I'm joined by filmmakers, film critics, and movie reviewers and other podcasters from around the world. We have five films built around a theme. We rank and review those movies, and we try to determine which one's most worthy of your time and which one is most worthy of preservation for all time. And then the best of the best square off in a thing we call Last Movie Standing, where a film critic versus film critic, they meet up into a uh, kind of a snake debate format, and they debate it, and then we give it to the folks. We give it to the people to vote who won the debate and what movie should be added to our no-copyright infringement intended vault. That's a mouthful. Mouthful. And we're trying to establish and build the people's canon, right? We know what all the experts say, but we're trying to build something for everybody. What do the people say are the best movies of all time and the ones most worthy of preservation? If, for instance, the Elder Gods were to come back and wreak havoc on cosmic reality as we know it. If you like analytical stuff, you like silly, slightly silly stuff, slightly absurd uh, irreverent sort of conversation, but but at the same time, kind of serious film analysis and film criticism, we do our best here at Binge Movies. Go ahead and subscribe. Do all the things that all the people on the internet tell you to do without much further ado and, and all that uh, housekeeping that you have to do up front. Let me get to Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery or whatever it's called by Ryan Johnson. Written and directed for the screen by Ryan Johnson. The screen on which you're going to see this is going to depend upon what access you have. Is it showing at any movie theater near you, or is it showing uh, exclusively on Netflix? I'm lucky enough to be one of those people that got to see it on the big screen, and I think you should, if you can, see it on the big screen. I know if you're in the U.S., uh, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, uh, maybe even Thanksgiving Day, it might be very hard to get away from the dinner table to go see a movie. Or maybe you're going to want to flee the dinner table and get your family with all their dissenting opinions in the state of the world 
into a very dark, quiet place where no one can speak for nearly three hours. If that's the case, and you can only see one movie this weekend that isn't Top Gun Maverick because I think it's finally out of theaters out of after 31, 32 weeks, then take your family to see Glass Onion. Now, unfortunately, when the movie ends, you're going to have to listen to their opinions about the movie. And opinions, I think, should be positive, but your family might be idiots. You aren't an idiot if you're listening to the show, but you know there's at least one idiot in your family. Um, mine too. Mine too. Don't get offended. Look, okay. Um, this was a tough one because what do I say? What do I don't say? Because it's a mystery. And I know, I know. Just, just tell us what you thought about the movie. Okay. Let me tell you my experience with the movies, and then I'll tell you what I thought about it, because it ties together. My experience with the movie was, I got there, I was uh, lucky enough to be able to order the tickets in advance, and be able to see it, uh, be able to you know have a prime spot, so I have the center seat of the center aisle, and I have a space to my, an empty recliner to my right, empty recliner to my left. On my right, the recliner is being semi-filled with a uh, grocery bag filled with snacks or what were pre-advanced bought snacks because at this particular theater they give you a giant grocery bag even if all you do is buy a can of monster okay it's a bit overboard but that's how they do it and so i have that on my right and i have on my left another empty seat that is filled with the remnants of what is either a soft pretzel or nachos now here's look i'm fine with eating in the theater to an extent but there was something else going on beyond the nachos. Because we all know what nacho cheese smells like. Or what, you know, the pretzel or whatever. I'm fairly certain somebody bought and brought into the theater. I don't think they sell it at this particular theater. Pecorino Romano cheese. It's a very distinct, some would say semi-pungent odor. It is a very um, smell-forward cheese. And the woman, I guess a, a seat away from me or two seats away from me, just stunk of this cheese. I mean, she didn't smell of it. She stunk of it. And as soon as the lights, the house lights went fully down. Okay. So trailers are over. Commercials are over. Nobody's trying to get me to buy Levi's. Maria Menudos is long gone. Lights come down. Pitch black, movie opens in pitch black darkness, stays in pitch black darkness for a period of time. That's when she pulls the phone out on the brightest possible setting. And she does it because she has to reach into her bag to pull out a full blanket, a bed-sized blanket, which she proceeds to wrap herself into to get as cozy as possible and go to sleep. And she intermittently went from full-blown sleeping, completely tipped over her seat into the empty seat adjacent to me, seemingly looking up at me, but that's just the way her head was cocked, but her eyes were closed. So about a halfway through the movie, I looked over, and I have what appears to be a dead woman looking at me. But I know she's just asleep. I know she's just asleep and has not been poisoned by Pecorino Romano cheese being slipped into her nachos or something. Um... Because every 20 minutes or so that she's not asleep, she's pointing out the phone, 
to text and just do general internet scrolling on the brightest possible effing setting. Very bothersome. At the end of the movie, the lights fail to come up. So that has now become, thanks to Marvel, a clue to the audience that there is going to be additional footage of some kind. Maybe an announcement of the next Bonwall, you know, Blanc mystery or whatever. There isn't. There's no mid-credits or post-credits scene. There is a mid-credit dedication to Angela Lansbury and Stephen Sondheim, who make, I won't say how, but make an appearance in the film. Uh, both of them. Okay. Lights of light spoiler. So, a guy, a kid really, teen, comes out of nowhere, very, very tall, comes walking past me in the aisle, gets down on one knee, and for the people who are, I guess, you know, two, uh, a seat or two seats over to my right, people with the grocery bag, hands them something real quick, which they palm and put in their bag, and then they give him something real quick, and then he picks up a cup that presumably had Coca-Cola in it, out of their cup holder, picks it up and walks away and goes back up to where he was sitting. Did they know each other? Are they family? Didn't seem like it. Did I just watch a drug deal? Did I just watch some form of, of, of spy craft? Did I just watch espionage? Was this KGB? I, there was a mystery there. Here's my point. Ten minutes into this review, here's my point. My point is, as distracted as I was by the lady on my left, I was so still so thoroughly engaged by the movie in front of me that it shaped my thinking to see clues and mysteries to my right when something just incidental was happening. Because I was so sucked into the world of another Blanc mystery, another Knives Out tale, another Knives Out mystery, this glass onion thing with this great, amazing cast. Everybody's fantastic in it. Kate Hudson might steal the show. Um, I was so absorbed into it that I, it carried with me. It lingered with me. My mind was in the world. My imagination had been activated. And all of a sudden, I was a great detective trying to solve the mystery of why this woman next to me stunk like cheese and why the people next to me might have been doing a drug deal with a teenager. I don't know. Don't know. Um, great cast, again. The thing that I'm most happy about with uh, Glass Onion is that it's not Knives Out again. Now, I could maybe make a comparison based on one particular thing, but that would be too spoilery and say, okay, well, there's a similar thing in this one particular spot. But how we get there, how the story is structured, uh, where we find Blanc, how he handles things, the order of events, the returns, the reveals, the twists, the mystery, the plotting, all of it is um, distinctly different enough from... Uh, knives out that it still feels akin to it feels like the same character it feels like more in this particular world whatever this world is where this is the world's greatest detective um but it doesn't feel like a repeat it doesn't feel like the same thing it does what all the good sequels do in my opinion which is same but different you want to retain enough of the essence of what made the first thing popular 
but also be different enough that you provide some kind of a novelty. I don't think movies do that enough uh, anymore. The, the, their sequel-itis, the 80s, which is same but bigger, and then there's sort of the sequel-itis that we have now, which is just same but same. <laughs> same but more CGI. Um, you know, uh, same but now everybody's miserable. And that's not, I, I'm not here for that. This is great. This is a, uh, a great film. I don't know if it's going to make my best of the year. I'd have to think about that. It might. I have that list somewhere. I'm supposed to be talking about it somewhere. Maybe here. Probably not. I've already agreed to talk about it somewhere else. But I haven't heard hide nor hair from that person about a date and a time. I'll leave it at that. So I expect my DMs, if Twitter still exists, to get a message after this. Uh, in this exact moment. I, in fact... You know who you are, which is a mystery to everybody else. I'm going to give you 20 seconds right now to respond and schedule me. In retrospect, 20 seconds is a long time. So that's about eight seconds. 20 seconds is a long time for dead air. Um, I regret that. Um, but yeah, this is a, this is a great cast, great twist, great turns. Um, I really like the movie without giving away too much of what the plot is. Uh, it is a movie that it obviously has been in the work for a handful of years, but it is a movie that is perfect for this moment. I do question whether or not it will endure beyond this particular moment, but I would say very specifically in the moment we are currently living in where Twitter may be dead. This is the movie. This is the movie for the moment. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to have a, a holding pattern uh, or of longevity, but I, but I, this is a this is a good movie. Now, here's the thing: if you if you already have Netflix, which I do not, I got rid of it a while ago, um, then you're probably already incentivized just to stay at home and watch it on Netflix. I think for the most part, there's a lot of practicality here. There is some CGI going on, and it's hit or miss at times. Um, it has the it has a greater budget than the average Netflix movie. That's for sure. Uh, no, maybe not greater budget, but greater production value. For Netflix movies for some, some somehow they cost four hundred million dollars to make to go to a direct streaming service. I mean, talk about Hollywood accounting. But I, I think the the budget is pretty high on this one. I would say that some of the CGI is probably less than its budget. Uh, but I think a lot of that budget probably went to location and cast and. My, my guess would be a lot of the practical sets. Uh, but it's a great movie to look at. It's very cinematic. It's Ryan Johnson, of course. So, you know, he's, he's, he's taken the bag. He's made the deal with the devil for streaming services. But he still made a very cinematic movie. So good for him. Um, the movie's fun. It's clever. I think it might be funnier than Knives Out, at least to me. But that's going to be subjective. Here's the other thing about it. I don't know if it's funnier than Knives Out because I haven't had an opportunity to see Knives Out in years because it doesn't, hasn't really been streaming anywhere, at least in the United States, that I have access to. I don't know how to watch it. I can never find it. Um, I guess I could probably buy a digital copy of it. I think. I think you're able to do that unless Netflix completely bought the rights to Knives Out. Um, I don't know if there's physical copies available. I don't know. I'm kind of ignorant about this. But what's going to be disturbing is if I wanted this, which I kind of do, 
Um, I can't, I don't think I'm gonna be able to get it. I don't think Netflix is gonna put this out on a physical disc. They're certainly not gonna do digital because they obviously that's a it's a loss leader for their service. But I think I want I, I want to rewatch this movie, and I don't think I'm ever gonna be able to. And I don't think it it by itself is enough for me to put up with the horseshit that is Netflix. So, um, fun movie, great movie. I I guess what I'll do for spoilers, because I know some of you want them, is after this break, I will give you spoilers. The spoilers won't be the full mystery. The spoilers will be the setup to the mystery. Is that fair enough? I think that's fair enough. Um, In case you don't listen all the way through to the end, would I recommend the movie? I think it's fairly obviously, very obvious I would. I give it four out of five stars on the good old Letterboxd scale, which you can follow us at Letterboxd at letterboxd.com. Uh, slash binge movies we are now on instagram at at binge movies lives follow us there i'm also on this thing called hive at binge movies we have a youtube channel which should just be youtube.com slash binge movies pod i think Um, we're diversifying beyond twitter but if this finds you and it finds you with twitter still alive we are primarily on twitter at binge movies so instagram is at binge movies lives uh hive is just binge movies at binge movies um letterboxd is letterboxd.com slash binge movies and instagram is i think i already said this binge movies lives twitter is at binge movies i think that's everything <sighs> i think that's everything we're not on the tiktok but maybe we should be who knows anymore what's up what's down what's left what's right here's what i know i want you to follow us on all that crap and we may follow you back probably will okay That'll keep you up to date with the latest. I'll be back right after this for some spoilers. Pubic hair can be deadly if you eat it, but a kiss can be even deadlier if you mean it. Don't you want that little drummer boy to stand just a little taller, to beat the drum just a little harder? I know you do, and you can accomplish that. The Lawnmower 4.0. Avoid silent nights in the bedroom, folks. Let the merry bells keep ringing. When you add Manscaped's top-of-line shower products to your life, you're going to have people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. And it, maybe it's not you. Maybe, you. maybe you're all taking care of it. Maybe that special somebody in your life, maybe the gift they have to give has not been tended to like Santa caring for his sack. Maybe it's that people in your life need to care for their sacks. I want to care about your sack for you. I do. That's why I've partnered with Manscaped. I want you to look nice when you get naughty by going to Manscaped and using the promo code BINGEMOVIES. Go to manscaped.com. You're like, how do I spell that? M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use the promo code all around the world. Binge Movies, name of the show. You will get extra holiday savings from Black Friday all the way through Cyber Monday. They've taken the great deal they've already given you with the promo code Binge Movies, and they've made it even better. So go on the website this Black Friday all the way through to Cyber Monday and use the promo code Binge Movies, and you will save yourself extra cash on the best gift that you can give for yourself or somebody else. That's hygiene, baby. You know what comes along with a little added hygiene during the holiday season? A little extra confidence. And who can't use a little extra confidence? confidence.
If you want to do a little upgrade too, here's the thing. Why not go for the Platinum Package 4.0? It is the one-stop shop for everything that the man in your life desires and everything that you would desire as a man. It has everything you need to deck your balls or deck the halls. I don't know. I'm getting lost at euphemisms. Or mistletoe season. The Platinum Package has products from best-selling performance package plus ultra-premium body wash, ultra-premium two-in-one shampoo, plus conditioner, and the ultra-premium deodorant. It is the best way to smell fresh in all the right places, especially near and down around your candy cane. One lick, take it to the candy shop, right? Come on. You get it. You, you get where I'm going with this. You get the Lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer, which has that advanced proprietary skin-safe technology. You get the Weed Whacker, same technology. Both are waterproof. You get 4,000K LED. That's a light that could light Santa Claus no matter how foggy the foggiest nights of was. Move over, Rudolph. We got a brand new lead reindeer. His name's Lawnmower 4.0, and he's ready to roar. Groom your candy cane. Get it licked. Don't play any reindeer games. How far could I go with this? Let's keep going. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free and vegan, for those of you out there who like that kind of thing. But it also makes your skin feel really hydrated, makes you smell super fresh, but you don't, it's not that obnoxious detergent smell. Smelling good doesn't have to stop at the shower. Make your balls smell good with our crop preserver over at Manscaped. It's ball deodorant. You got crop reviver ball toner. So you can solve all of the stinkiest, most pungent Pecorino Romano body cheese odor. Get rid of it. The folks in your life touch that sack. When it's so smooth, so clean, so nice, so smelling fresh, they'll never go back. They'll never go back. Once you touch sack, you never go back, okay? The Platinum Package 4.0 sitting under your tree is guaranteed to put that special somebody in your life into the holiday spirit. Guaranteed under the tree to put a smile on the faces of everyone that you encounter casually, consensually, or monogamously. And if you want to add a little something extra to that stocking, get the brand new body butter. It's an incredibly body, it's an incredible, it's an incredible body scrubber that makes exfoliating easy. Get rid of that old loofah. It's disgusting. You know what's in that loofah? You don't want to know, okay? It's the remnants of last year's version of you that's still in there. Get rid of it. Get the body buffer. Let's go. Free shipping, deep discounts. All you have to do is use the promo code BingeMovies at Manscaped.com. That's deep discounts, free shipping, worldwide, Manscaped.com. Use the promo code BingeMovies. Jingle bells, jingle bells, your balls will no longer smell thanks to Manscaped, your friends here at Binge Movies. Okay, spoilers. Benoit Blanc is, uh, we're introduced to uh, our, our cavalcade of characters, uh, Catherine Hahn, Dave Batista, uh, Janelle Monet. Um, I know I'm going to forget. I'm forgetting people. I'm forgetting people. Kate Hudson, who again might steal the show. Um, I thought she was just absolutely wonderful in this. Um, Oh, Kate Hudson has an assistant. Oh, let me just pull up the cast. 
I think you know. I think I've developed face blindness and name blindness with uh, celebrities. I used to be able to rattle off who's in this movie, who's in this movie. Can't do it anymore. Leslie Odom Jr. is in it, and that's without Google. Uh, but let me let me pull up everybody. Okay. Madeline Klein plays a character named Whiskey. Daniel Craig, of course, is uh, Detective Blanc. Jessica Henwick is Peg. That's who I was missing. Kate Hudson is Birdie J. Catherine Hahn is Claire DeBella. Uh, I won't go so far into all of or some other random people. Janelle Monet. They are uh, Cassandra. Uh, okay, Andy Leslie Odom Jr. is Lionel, and Dave Bautista is Duke. Uh, Catherine Hahn's character is running for Congress or governor. I, I already forget. doesn't matter. She's a politician. That's all that really matters. Kate Hudson is a flamed out model, celebrity, socialite, seemingly borderline pop star, but I don't think she's had a music career or maybe she did. I don't know. She's just one of those people that's like in the ether who also is like all of a sudden gets into like fashion. It's like they, they, she, she makes clothes, but she was a model, but she might also be a pop star. She's like one of those people who's just sort of in generally famous and is uh, constantly involved in controversy online because she's an idiot. Um, Janelle Monet plays Cassandra, um, who is probably the most mysterious figure, and I won't talk about her very much. Um, but um, uh, she's a part of this group of friends who is the most estranged. Uh, we have Leslie Odom Jr. Uh, he plays a chemist, I believe, who works for uh, Dan, um, Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun. Miles Braun is essentially Elon Musk. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. He's Elon Musk. And Dave Batista is a men's rights activist, like a MGTOW red pill tick, uh, Twitch streamer slash YouTube influencer. Uh, think, uh, who's the guy that just got, I mean, there's so many of them. Pick any of the people who've appeared on Joe Rogan and have been banned from Twitter. He's one of these guys. Uh, he's like liver king, kind of, in essence, uh, with, but just with like a philosophy about whatever. And Whiskey is his uh, influencer girlfriend. Um, we have no idea how these people know each other. No clue whatsoever. But what we do know is that they routinely get together once a year for the, some kind of a reunion, and it's usually led by uh, Edward Norton's character. And this year in particular, they all receive this wooden box that you probably saw in the trailer. And the wooden box has a series of puzzles in it. And when you open, solve for the puzzles, there's an invitation to this island in uh, this Greek island that he owns the whole island and lives on. And they're going to have a uh, reunion and a murder mystery weekend where you have to solve the murder of Edward Norton's character, Miles Braun. And it's, it's a true murder mystery weekend. You know, it's like, you know, like a dinner theater kind of a thing. Uh, and he's gone to this elaborate links to set up his own death or whatever. And one of the people who receives the box is Blanc. And so in the midst of this reunion of all of these people, all of these sort of quote unquote important people, there's a detective who is obviously not a part of their friend group. So we don't know why he's there. He doesn't know why he's there. They don't know why he's there. And in fact, um, the Cassandra character, the only thing I'll say about her is everybody's surprised that she accepted the invitation 
because um, she's been involved in, she had a falling out with a group, I think is the best way to put it. And she has not been seen in um, months or years or whatever. And so um, whatever the timetable is, and they are estranged from each other. Uh, she's estranged from the rest of the group. So everybody's shocked that she's there. And uh, the movie just sort of goes on from there. Um, he, he has a company, the, the, the centerpiece of this company is this thing called Alpha. And Alpha is, is a kind of a weird mix between Amazon and like Tesla. You know, he, he, he's he basically one of those billionaire Silicon Valley tech guy bullshit artist, you know, who's really up his own ass about just everything. And I think Edward Norton is the perfect person to play this because I think he's not that far removed from the character he's playing, minus a billion dollars, um, at least from what we've heard about him. And everybody is perfectly cast. Everybody is perfectly cast. And, and um, I, I will say that there's a couple of the people in the cast, and I can't say who because it would give away some of the plot points, who end up kind of being underutilized in the second half of the movie. Um, but it's, this is really just like the first, uh, knives out. It's very much an ensemble affair. And so, um, Daniel Craig is fantastic. Again, they give him some really funny stuff to do. It's just a very fun, funny, clever, smart, satisfying film. We're doled out just the right of information. And then as reveals come, they come just when we want them to. And it does a lot, like a good murder mystery. It does a lot to really stoke um, our interest uh, in the film and our interest in, like, it, to, in the mystery. We get really involved in it, and not so much from the point of we're trying to solve the whodunit part of it, although you know, depending on how you're wired, you might. I'm usually one of those people who's like a whodunit guy. But this, 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 this time around, I really wasn't. I was more just engaged with the story, and it kind of almost didn't matter whodunit. Um, there were a couple of plot points I figured out ahead of the movie, but for the most part, I went along for the ride, and I thought it was very satisfying. Again, it, it feels tonally consistent with the first film, but completely different enough. These feel like a different group of people with a different history and backstory and motivations, very different than... Um, that of the first film, that of the family from the first film. So if you like that movie, I think there's enough here that's similar that you will like this movie. I'm going to be honest with you. I saw the trailer for it. Didn't really hook me. I saw the trailer for knives out. I was instantly hooked. Like that's a movie I got to see. And I hope it's great. When I saw this trailer, I was like, it looks okay, but I, it just didn't hook me in the same way. And maybe I went in with lower expectations and exceeded it, but I would venture to say, I think I like this one a little bit more than the first one. Um, so it's a definite recommend for me. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns. I don't want to say any more than I've already said. I think you should see it in theaters. And I'm really interested in what other people are going to say about this movie and what other people think. Um, so I guess when this movie's been out for a little while, at the very least, message me. This is going to go up all over all the various social media platforms and in, in some kind of a way. Um, Without spoilers, 
just tell me what you thought about it. What, how many stars out of five stars would you give it? Did you like it? Did you like it more than the first one? Did you prefer the first one? Uh, again, spoiler free for the sake of the internet. Tell me what you thought about the movie. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can find us on Twitter for the time being at binge movies. Um, you can find us on letterbox at letterbox.com slash binge movies. You can find us on Instagram at binge movies lives. And you can find us on gosh, darn it hive at binge movies. I think that's everything. And of course you can find us on Patreon, patreon.com slash binge movies, do a lot of fun stuff over there. Ask any of our patrons online at Twitter, on Twitter. If you know a patron and you ask them, I think they'll tell you that it's worth it. And I've got some stuff planned. I don't even want to hype it up at all for next year because it's kind of a stretch goal, so to speak. And um, I don't want to say anything until I'm able to deliver on it. So I want to know your thoughts. Hit us up on every and all social media platforms. Follow us everywhere. Let our influence grow. We want to be able to shape the minds and hearts of a generation when it comes to film. We want to continue the home video revolution and turn it into a home video cult because the end times are upon us and our dark influence must grow. Till next time, binge on.